everyone, and welcome out to another episode of Analytical Fanboys. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Simeon Scott, and I am joined, as always, by the sensational Chris Gaston. How are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, it's too late to think of a joke. Oh, no, he ruined it. The whole episode is bad. We have to throw it in the trash. No, I'm just kidding. This episode is going to be great. We're talking about topic that Chris put on the list, um, a absolute classic, UHF, the the Weird Owl movie, as it is known in some circles. Um, but do you, do you know they had to change the name in Europe? The video you know the from UHF? It's fucking dumb, and I love it. <laughs> well, the original title was just going to be The Vidiot, but they thought people wouldn't understand what the fuck that was. Um, yeah, this is a yeah. really but great um, little comedy from 1998, starring, of course, Weird Al Yankovic um, as the title character George Newman. Title character? What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, the main character, George Newman. and Protagonist. That's the word. And uh, it's basically about him... Being like that that shitty guy, you know, who's just not really good at anything, always got his head in the clouds. You gave the wrong us. year. It's 1989. Yeah. The 1998. Did I say 98? I think he's a motherfucker. Yep. Well, moving on. I corrected you. Well, moving on, uh, the, the movie is basically about Weird Al playing a guy who's, um, quote-unquote, a shiftless dreamer who can't really hold down a job, always got his head in the clouds, basically us, um, and needs a creative outlet. And his uncle puts him in charge of a UHF station he's just won the deed to in a game of poker. And it's basically an excuse for Weird Al to do all kinds of crazy bullshit jokes and parodies of TV and movies of the time. And it's great. I loved this. And all the skits, all of the little just jabs at television. It's, it's so good. Oh my god. Um, like, it's such an infinitely quotable movie. I mean, I think the stupid you're so stupid line has been in more reviews than i'd care to count and oh, reviews yeah. that have nothing to do with this fucking movie that's just like a go-to clip for like that guy with the glasses style reviewers but it's just, it's a good clip because I don't, it's like there's no context it's just great when it's stupid you're so stupid yeah also when you remember the context He's yelling at a woman who couldn't win fish. I know. It's so good. We're of fish. And it's it's insane that because you see this character earlier in the movie. This is a guy who runs a karate school out of like the apartment next door to Weird Al's character. Um it's like that's a bit of a logical leap to put him in charge of the game show, but okay, it's hilarious. Like, here's the thing. Honestly, there's no reason for that character to be a karate guy except for the last scene of the movie. Fair enough. Like, it's just like, oh, we need this one character to do this, this, and this. 
Uh, he's a uh, he's a karate master. Uh, that works. <laughs> this whole movie is just this is what I imagine it to be like inside Weird Al's brain at all times. It's just like crazy weird bullshit that barely holds together when you think about it, but is hilarious. Yeah. It's... Oh, it's it's good. Um, but but Chris, this was your topic. Uh, why don't you uh, why don't you um bring up a talking point for us? Oh, well, first, would like to just bring this information to the forefront. Uh, there was a long stretch of my adolescence where I basically would watch a movie on repeat for weeks at a time. Okay. Sometimes it was Ghostbusters 1 and 2, sometimes it was Hellboy. A good couple weeks, it was UHF. Nice. Oh, I, like, this movie's, like, seared into my brain. Cool, but... I... You go ahead. This, this video, this movie captured two things simultaneously. Basically, UHF local broadcasting from the 80s and the early 90s. Modern YouTube. Yeah. That, you know, I didn't think of it until you said that, but, like, this, you could release this right now and it would still be a style of comedy a lot of people are very accustomed to. Like, it's just... It, it got that pinpoint... It was pinpoint precision of, for lack of a better way of describing it, the the the, the misaligned artistic youth. Which there's a there's another thing I would like to bring up because it's a little bit heavier of a topic topic <laughs> a little bit later on. So let's talk more just fun and jokes right now. Um. I mean that whole opening sequence where he's doing the the Raiders of the Lost Ark parody, um, that feels straight out of YouTube right now. Like I could see that as like a Rooster Teeth sketch or something. Oh yeah, like just also the level of effects it looks like it's something you can do in your bedroom right now, which technically they kind of did. This is a this is a very low budget movie. It had a lot riding on it. Like this is one of the last movies Orion Pictures released. They were kind of hoping it would save the company, and it didn't. Yeah. It it bombed. Yeah, which which sucks. But like it it also a movie like this can't not be a cult classic, right? Like this is just. It's yeah. so in its style of humor that I can't imagine this appealing to a general audience. You kind of already have to be into this style of humor or already be a Weird Al fan to love this movie as much as I think we do. This is a movie that could have only been made at that point in Weird Al's career. It's only a movie that you can appreciate at this point in Weird Al's career. Yeah. This was like, this was released after his third album i think yeah he was still in the 80s heyday though it's uh his early work and you can tell because there's weird al is one of those weird guys where i feel like the older he gets the younger he looks like the look he has in this movie is just such an 80s um 
old man, not old man, but like middle-aged guy look. And you look at him now, I mean, I just saw photos of him from the other day because, hey, uh, great timing. Weird Al just got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame this week. Um, dude looks no older than 30 in current photos, and I think he's getting up there. Yeah. But, like, there's also, like, what was I about to say? Uh, the mustache didn't help Weird Al. Mm-hmm. The mustache did not help, did not help Weird Al <laughs> look his age back <laughs> It's... I mean, it's not a pedo stash, but it's definitely like an older guy kind of stash. Oh, yeah. Nothing against classic Al. Love how you can actually define Al by two eras. You can. Classic Al and modern Al. Or, I can't believe I'm about to say this, there's Heisei Al and Showa Al. Motherfucker, I think that actually lines up. Think that lines up time wise. What the hell? Why are you putting? Why are you doing this to me? Because I can, and that's how we're gonna refer to him for all time now. That's, that's a rule. I'm making that law. All Weird Al fans, there's Heisei Al and Showa Al. But let's just go through some of the the gags. Just I'm like, let's hit the big one right away. Spatula City. Spatula City. Oh, that's great. So dumb. But it's like... It's a perfect kind of dumb. And it's a joke that works really well for right then, because that's when specialty stores were, like, just becoming a thing. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's such... I hate to put it this way. It's an indictment of the American consumer's culture. I know. It's great. Because it's like... Look at you greedy ass fucks. You want an entire store to this dumbass utensil. Mm-hmm. And there's a But it's um, not that vitriolic. It's not that venomous. It's just It's just like, wouldn't it be funny if this was a fang? Because this could possibly be a fang. Yeah. Um and you know, there's a uh the the Blu-ray I have is the 25th anniversary edition Shout Factory. They have I forget what year it is, but they have a Comic-Con panel that's like Al and a bunch of other cast members doing a retrospective on the movie's production. And, um... It's such, like, a weirdly iconic bit of Weird Al ephemera. Like, Weird Al. Right and nerdy. Uh, eat it. Bat. Bachelors. Al, Al said, and this was... Like, pretty recent. He said, like, he still gets sent spatulas like, by If you fans. were to, like, distill what anybody would say about Weird Al, get eat yeah. it at right and nerdy into diehard fans, Spatula City! I, and I'd argue the saga beginning should also be in there. Yeah. Um, I... Okay. This is... This is going to sound kind of silly, but I legitimately love uh, Stanley Spadowski's Dirty Floor speech. I think it's actually a pretty inspirational speech, even though the, the movie treats it like a joke. Yeah. Love well, you went on to become Kramer. Yeah! I. It took me a minute when I saw him. I was like, that dude looks familiar. And then a scene later, I was like, oh my god! 
basically this he basically played proto Kramer in this movie. It was uh, oh it's it's Stanley Spadowski is such a great character. And what a drink from the fire hose! I legitimately love the like we can we can rattle off jokes related to him all day, but I legitimately love this character because it's just that consummate. This is a guy who's only ever known one line of work. He works really hard at that, and that is his life. He's also great at everything else, and he's just a really great, fun guy, even though he's not all that well educated. It's it's he it's a wholesome yeah. as fuck character, man. And I've been getting big into wholesome shit recently. Other fucking Philo. Yes. Fucking Philo. One of the best things in this goddamn movie. Uh, it's like it's like it's a joke I've seen done to death, but this is one of those places where it was still a new joke, so it's it's really good. Where it's, they go into the place and they think like, okay, this place is deserted. This is actually kind of a sketchy place. What's going on? And there's this creepy motherfucker. He turns out to just be a nice guy who works there. Yeah. I, like, I love just how he's like this, like, th- slowly throughout the movie, you get more and more hints at what he really is until the very last moment we see him. But like, he does his own show and he goes like, Today I'm gonna tell you how to make plutonium out of household objects. <laughs> He's like evil Bill Nye. I wouldn't say evil, I, chaotic neutral. Yes. Okay. That's more. That's better. Like he sees the 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 dickhole bad guy in the movie saying some dumb shit. He goes like, "I'm gonna record this." <laughs> then just completely hijacks his network signal and broadcasts it. him going, I think they're a festering bowl of dogs. And that's such a weird owl insult. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then and the last time we see him, he's an alien. Which makes so much, it's so good. Because it, it's not like, oh, I'm an invader and I was coming to research your planet to take it over. It's just like, no, I was just here to be a friend. He's just chilling. He's just chilling. He's just chilling on Earth, having fun. Yeah, and it was not malicious. It's like that's yeah, it's great. Um, since you brought him up, I really like the quote-unquote um dickhole bad guy in this movie, R.J. Fletcher. Um, such a great role because he perfectly runs that line of like he's an evil dickhead, but. He's a parody of evil dickheads in eighties movies, evil dickhead businessmen. Yeah, and it's like it works both as that parody and in like any other movie, this would be them playing it straight. It's just a little yeah. over the line to the corniness that makes it a, a good joke. Oh, he's related to one of my favorite visual gags of the entire movie. Is uh, uh, the guy uh, one of his underlings walks through the door and goes like, "Hey, uh, uh, U62 is actually getting a lot of good views. Uh, maybe you should want to check it out." And he goes like, "No, get out of my office." Goes out to close the door and he goes and take and take that ridiculous thing off. And he's wearing this very ornate cowboy hat. You just see him go like, look down. It looks dejected. 
He raises up his hand. You think, oh, he's about to take the hat off. He rips off his fake mustache. <laughs> Yeah, that's so that's good. Such a fucking great moment. I love it. Oh, uh, it's one of my favorite fucking. I wonder if that because we talked about the mustache earlier. I wonder if that wasn't Al poking fun at himself for his mustache. Who knows? But like that scene was that moment's great. Uh, surprise. Uh, that moment's great. It's just a bunch of. I'm diggity ass moments in this movie. Oh, uh, the character who's running a pet show just has tons and tons of illegal animals in his house. Badgers? We don't need no sinking badgers. And I love the whole fact that he has a show. But neither Al's character or his best friend's character know who the f- why the fuck he has a show. Yeah, I just, oh my god, today we're gonna teach Poodles how to fly. Where did you get this guy? I didn't get him, I thought you did. Game with the company. And I love how later on, if you look at their scheduling, he has an entire hour block. Oh my god, I didn't notice No, I paused it to read all the shows. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. By the way, this is like, I, I don't know if I said this early in the podcast, but this was like my second or third time with this movie. I'd only seen it like a handful of times earlier when I was a kid. I haven't oh, seen it in a long, long time. Pinky wiener sandwiches. Yeah, dude. Oh, I forgot we were going to, we had said we were going to eat Twinkie wiener sandwiches during this. I should have gotten one. Man. You know, Weird Al still eats them. Yeah. Just uses uh, vegan hot dogs. That's like a legit part of the Weird Al lore. I love how there's Weird Al lore. Also, there was a Dr. Demento uh, cameo. Was there? Yeah, he was... Uh, uh, there. It's in the promo for Stanley Spadowski's uh, house. Oh, cool. One of the things, Stanley's spraying whipped cream into a dude's mouth. The dude is Dr. Demento. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um... Uh, a cool little fact about this movie that um, uh, almost happened but didn't. During the Rambo parody, um, the guy at the ticket counter was supposed to be Sylvester Stallone in a cameo. But oh, that'd be cool. scheduling just didn't line up. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Later, uh, when Weird uh, Al's character... You can't call him George. He's Weird Al. Yeah. Is about to try and save Stanley, and he busts through the door and yells, and they go like, who are you? His Weird Al doesn't have his Weird Al voice. It sounds like Sylvester Stallone, and I'm, and I, like, part of me wishes that it was him in an uncredited cameo. That would be great. I, that that's like something you'd have to ask one or both of them in an interview. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Uh, so full on on the I'm at the schedule frame. Let's see. We have uh, uh don't bet your pink slip. Leave it to Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, the wonderful wonderful world of film. Young and the dyslexic. <laughs> Name that stain. Speciality today. 
Flying Pope. Buddha knows best. Lice is right. The Lone Shark. Oh my god. Wide World of Tractor Pulls. Raul's Wild Kingdom. My Three Mutants. <laughs> Ion Toxic Waste. A dog oh racing god. from Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Druids on Parade. Yes. Like, those are all the dumb shows that they came up it's with so... for this one visual gag. Oh my god, that's so great because, like, that's what, one of those gags that, like, again, like, like right now, we, we would only know about that if you had paused it or if somebody at home bought the pause it. This eventually came out on home video. There's not a lot of movies even today that do, like, one-second gags with all of those folk show names up there like that. And it's such a great little thing. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, a lot of them are And I wouldn't cool be surprised if they actually shot some of those and they didn't make it into the movie. This movie was originally supposed to be two hours long. Um, so we are in the worst timeline. They, yeah, they cut it down to 90 minutes for time. And, like, Al has gone on record and said he doesn't know where the footage is, and it's probably lost forever because of Orion Pictures no longer being a thing. But also, it's not a big deal to him because most of it was just gags and stupid jokes that didn't go anywhere. I can understand. You know what I would want to see now that he's said, I'm not making any more albums, I'm just going to do singles? Mm hmm I want to have. I want to. Don't want a sequel to UHF. I want like another Weird Al movie. That would be dope. Because like we've we've talked we've mentioned this before, but like all those titles you said there sound like clickbaity YouTube sketches. You could literally just take that screen cap and have like Honey or Die or someone approach Weird Al and be like, hey, we want to do a series of shorts that are just making the shows from UHF. Or, like, or like, hey, we want to do a movie with you. you have any more UHF-esque ideas? Dude, you realize the goldmine that there is just for a sketch comedy show to have the, the sketches in the style of UHF? I agree, that is a goldmine. Simple, wholesome, little, a little absurd, but not in the, we're going to be dicks about it, but in the... Wouldn't it be funny if, like, there was a shitty funeral home and they just buried people upside down? Yeah, we're, it's, it's like a we're just having fun. It's like a modern Monty Python. Modern, like a modern American Monty Python. That would be so dope. That would be like, it'd be, you can see how to do that and it'd be fun. The way, Jeff! One thing we haven't touched on from the movie so far is Fran Drescher's character, and I'm pretty sure this is pre the the nanny. Um, uh, and character's great. Like, I did not expect her to get as much screen time as she did, but it's got like this this great little subplot of like you know a pre or I guess post women's lib pre current feminism. Um, just like sticking it to the man, and there's that great line of. 
broad there's no room for broads in broadcasting that the bad guy or one of his cronies has and i literally laughed out loud at that and then said is this the night is this movie set in the 1930s yeah and i love how the first thing george did when he became the manager was basically like oh you, you want to do news all right cool we'll make a new show yeah that's great he like immediately knew like no you deserve this you've been working this long fuck it yeah go oh, ahead so she goes on that big giant rant to him in his position it's like well how can you not do that uh oh the thing i want to talk about earlier because now that we're a little bit deeper i can talk a little bit more in depth i think here's the thing i i, I was thinking about this movie watching it this time technically if you think about it UHF is the story of a group of minorities being creative and making art themselves and sticking it to a white dude. Think about it. Okay. You have uh, a little person who's the cameraman. Uh, The black dude who's the other cameraman. Fran Drescher, a Jewish woman. And you have uh, the... uh, uh, Stanley Spadowski, who's something. He's not the most obvious white dude. I hate I hate using this term, but he is kind of white trash. Yeah, but like the cast of UHF, the UHF station, including like the karate dude. They are the they are the kind of people that the main station wouldn't put on television. Mm-hmm. I mean, derive it from Al's Al's nickname. They're a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, and it's basically saying like, no, they're not. Not, but that doesn't mean that they aren't. That doesn't mean that they aren't worthwhile for the community. They may not appeal to general audiences, but there is an audience for them. Yeah. Also, like another little thing that I thought about while watching this movie. I think it's not intentional. It's completely unintentional, and it's very much hindsight looking at the character now. Stanley Spadowski almost seems autistic. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure he's just supposed to be like the the stupid, not not all that educated southerner, but. That's what I'm saying, you can like, read it that way, then. Yeah, because like he has a hyper focus about his mop. He has very poor social understanding of social cues. He's really exuberant on things he knows and enjoys. He has a poor understanding of personal space. I'm not saying it was intentional. I'm not even saying, like, you should read it this way. But I was going like, oh man, that's... Like, that's another wrinkle to this whole... They're like these smaller groups of people sticking it to this the man. Um, yeah, yeah that worked. That works really well. Uh, so we can both agree that like the the whole subplot of the uncle getting in trouble with the mafia is totally out of a cartoon, but that's what makes it. Great. Yeah, I you never even see uh the the dude. Mafia do. I think his name is, is literally Big Tommy. It's like it's Big No, it's Big Louie. Oh. <laughs> I, I got your money, Big Louie. 
I love the way um, Al, as George Newman, go, goes up to him at the end of the movie after the fundraiser. He's like, uh, here, Mr. Big Louie, this, this money is from this. Uh, this is from my uncle. Uh, just, just why don't you get this? And he just calmly walks away. He's not intimidated at all. He's just trying to be nice. I love how Weird Al simultaneously looks like he's 30 years old in this movie and 19. Yeah. Because he has that, like, fresh out of high school look of him in a couple scenes. Which works for what the character is. I think they also say in, like, not not the first scene, because the first season, scene is the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing, but I think in the second scene, his best friend says this is, the, the job at Burger World is, like, his further fourth job. Yeah. <laughs> um... Um, also, another great thing about that Raiders of the Lost Ark scene, I love that the movie literally opens with Al stealing an Oscar. It's like, it's a perfect metaphor for this movie, because this movie bombed, didn't find its audience till later in life. It's like, for everybody who loves this movie, or is a hardcore Weird, Weird Al fan, or whatever, this movie kind of has an honorary Oscar to all of us. Yeah. So, purposely did a, a goof, a gaff. And Weird Al whips the arms dude to it, his oh, right yeah. hand when it's uh, he whips it and the the fake falls. It's a left hand. I know that's so, so great, and it's intentional. Like, they didn't do that like they purposely did that because it would be funny. <laughs> Repeat viewings. That's like um, uh, I can't believe I'm giving accolades to Channel Awesome, but uh, during there's a commentary for Kickassia. Where they mention like in all the shots where it's like there's someone and there's a and there's a group of people behind them would purposefully have it be like okay we've got that line now change out all the people put a different set of people behind them. <laughs> yeah. Um. On D two. On D2, this time he means business. That's so great. It's so Conan cool. the Library. That's just a stupid, amazing pun, and I love it. I know. Uh, um, you, you know that gag had to be, like, while they were writing the movie, but I was just thinking of, like, sketches. And then and he was, like, doing plays on words and looking at recent movies, and he was just like, Conan the Librarian is an amazing pun. And then, like, the person actually writing was like, okay, but what do we do with it? I don't know. <laughs> Conan's a librarian. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I'm trying to... Okay, this is me not nitpicking, but more of, like, looking too far into a thing. Did they, did they just find these really crappy B-movies to air, or did they make them? I do not know. That'd be interesting. That's, that's a question to think that's about. an interesting piece of lore you, you'd want to ask Al about at, like, a convention or something, because, like... <laughs> he will look at me like, you motherfucker, I don't know. Because, yes. like, back then... I'm not sure what it was like for TV stations, but, like, getting a hold of, like, cheesy B-movie piece of crap, uh, low-rent low rights um, monster movies is, was really hard. You had to, like, stay up super late and record them off the TV. 
nowadays, just go down to a bookstore and buy a pack of like 60 of them on really crappy DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, fuck, we haven't talked about Beverly Yeah, Hillbilly. holy fuck! I was completely surprised because I know that music video really well. I, I had completely forgotten it came from this movie. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Like I was just gonna say, like while I was rewatching it, the movie for this podcast, um, during the lead up to it, I was like, "All right, where's this scene going? What's going on? Wait, wait a minute! I know this opening. What the fuck is? What? The fuck? Oh my god! And I and I lost it. See, that's that, that's a thing I miss. Is movies just like? Having a plot, but also having a sketch show plot. If there's a plot and it makes sense and it's compelling, there's also just there to hang yeah, skits like on. The only kind of movies you get with that do this anymore, and I don't even know if they're still making these, but like Epic Movie is like the most recent example I can think of of a movie that does that, and like those movies are terrible. Oh yeah, like. It, it kind of reminds me of the old uh, Looney Tunes uh, shit. Yeah. What I'm talking about. Uh, where they would take a bunch of the older cartoons and frame a movie around it. Mm-hmm. Like Bugs Bunny telling a thousand and one Arabian tales, but they're all just old Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah, that, 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 that shit was great. I remember catching reruns of those on uh, Boomerang back in the day. Say back in the day, I'm talking about like 2006. Uh, high emo. <laughs> um, so the the Weird Al music is just great. Yeah, it's Weird Al. Um, I know there's UHF and Beverly and uh, the Ballad of Jed Clampett is the actual title of that song. Um, are there any other songs that were made just for this movie? Uh, don't think so, actually. Oh, they're, they're two very, very good songs. I mean, Out of Jed Clampett is just such a fun redo of that theme, and I think it's also a parody of another existing song. Okay. And Money for Nothing um, by Dire Straits. I don't, I'm not a music boy. I don't know music super well. But uh, and the UHF theme is just like a good, fun little theme song. Like, you could imagine that being like, the opening theme to UHF if it was a weekly TV show. Oh, yeah. Because Weird Al eventually did make a weekly TV show. Yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about that show. Weird Al just needs to make his own TV show on the internet now. Weird Al just needs a YouTube channel with money behind it. And, yeah, but we don't want to force Weird Al to make shit he doesn't want to make. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if he wants to make it, fuck yeah. If he just wants... It, but if, like, the fans are just demanding it because, uh... They just want it more, then nah. Fuck him. Yeah. It's, uh... It's, it's Encore versus Creative Spark. Yeah. Like, I'd, um, I'd rather Weird Al never make another thing and feel like he has to force himself to make something. Have you watched, um... 
Hugh Adams's TF Nation 2018 recap video yet? Uh, I got partway through it. Okay, well, there's a part where he talks about, like, there was a Stan Bush concert at this convention. Oh, yeah, uh, no, I've seen that. I also thought, uh, saw that part, but keep explaining. Um, yeah, so there was a Stan Bush concert at this convention, and he, and he talked about, like, um, it was really great getting to hear all those songs performed live, all the big, well-known Stan Bush songs, The Touch There, um, you know, Stan Bush has other songs, but I don't really know his work outside of Transformers. Um, and it, he got to the end of the concert, and everybody was like, encore, encore, encore. And Stan literally got on mic and said, guys, I've played every song I know. There's nothing else I can do for an encore. They were, and, and the crowd is like, please. So he just did Dare again. It's like, <laughs> well, that's fun. I don't know if that's necessarily what you want people to do. Like, you know, people asked love Evangelion and say, like, Hideyetic Iano is this creative genius, but at the same time, our core Ev Evangelion fans hate the rebuild movie. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'd rather Weird Al never make another thing than feel like he has to make something. Hmm. Like, he owes us nothing. True. Because, like, you gotta remember, while Al is at is one of is at like one of the highest popularity points in his career right now. Um, mandatory fund did Gangbusters. He's he came from a place where like he, he was not always super popular. He was always kind of an underground kind of um cult, cult, cult classic comedy geek, geek kind of artist and. It was like if you knew yeah. about him and you liked him, we're a Weird Al fan. If you didn't know about him and didn't know anybody who was a Weird Al fan, had no idea the guy exists. And every once in a while, one of his songs would just become popular in the mainstream, like White and Nerdy, uh, uh, Eat It Bad. Stuck in the Drive-Thru is a weirdly popular way. song, I found, or the music video for it is. Uh, Albuquerque, yeah. man. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Oh man, I love his like. I love that period of Al where he just made really weird yeah. comedic bullshit. Like Albuquerque stuck in the drive-through. Mm -hmm. uh, everything you know is wrong. The night um, Santa went crazy. What's the one? Oh, smells like Nirvana is is a big mainstream hit. Um, what's the that's the one that was really big. I can't remember if it was if it was Alpocalypse or Mandatory Fun, but Aluminum Foil is like a really big recent hit of his. Yeah, no, that was Mandatory Fun. I have Alpocalypse. I got the uh, the Alpocalypse uh, concert DVD. Um, that's a that's a really really. Can we just spit off from talking about UHF and just talk about Weird Al in general for a few minutes. Okay, let's go, motherfucker. Okay, quick moment. I just want to talk about a couple months ago. Weird Al made a polka version of all the Hamilton songs, and people were like going like, "What the fuck? Weird Al can rap?" And I'm like, "Motherfucker, did you not remember Gangsters Par uh, Amish Paradise? Do you not remember White and Nerdy? Motherfucker could always rap." 
That must have been like a bunch of tumble. Probably games. like. Like I can't imagine anyone over over eighteen years old not knowing that Weird Al can rap. The fucker. No, it was like people like Jimmy Fallon being surprised of like, oh man, you can go, you can go. It's like, bitch. Have a script as well as Klingon. Well, I mean, I thought this beforehand, but Jimmy Fallon's a fucking idiot. Well, neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> and you can quote me on that, people. I don't care if that gets. Like he's gonna way. fucking care. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I love the whole uh, Weird Al making a music video a week for this last uh, this last uh, record. Yeah, that was great. Um, you know, okay, I don't think this is something I've talked about publicly in a long time. There was a time when I was a brony, um, and... It's okay, you can regret it now. The episode where Weird Al... The episode where Weird Al, well, I, I don't necessarily regret it. It's just like it's not something I talk about a whole. You lot. realize I'm always um, going to give you shit about that, right? Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, but the thing about being a brony is like, okay, we're having this conversation now. But the thing about being a brony is you can only really talk about it with people who either still are bronies or were bronies at one point as well. Um, it's it's like something you have to kind of be apologetic about to any other type of person. Um, but there was a time when I was a brony and I was very into the show. I haven't watched it since like season three or four. Um, and I paid n absolutely no attention to that fandom since then. I know some shit's gone down. I just don't know any details about it. And I'd like to keep it that way. Um, but the only episode of that show I ever go back to and actually still enjoy is the episode where Weird Al came guest starred and played a character that was basically male Pinkie Pie. Weird Al is just um, like inject Weird Al into a cartoon. It's great. Like Milo, uh, Milo, Milo Murphy. Yeah. Or, um, Transformers animated where he played Rekgar. Because he he did the Dare to Be Stupid song, which played during a, a scene that heavily involved Rekgar. You know what? And turning Rekgar into a garbage uh, truck makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, like, I'm very critical of Transformers Animated. It's it's a darling among Transformers fans, but I'm, I'm one of those people who I'm like, eh, it was okay. Like... Weird Al is Rekgar, and Rekgar being a garbage truck that's that literally coalesced, that is a being that literally coalesced from garbage around an all-spark fragment. It's like one of the strokes of genius in that show. Uh, can you rewind some of the talking points we've had because I had a thought and I really want to talk about it. Sure, go ahead. Because we'll you were talking about Rekgar and Transformers, what was before that? Shit, I can't remember. Milo and Murphy's, Milo's Murphy's Law? Law. What was before that? Milo uh, Pony? Uh, what was before that? Oh, right, no! There's a con comparison. Being a brony is like being a juggalo. I know nothing about juggalos, but okay. No, I had a friend who used to be a juggalo, and whenever we brought it up, he was going like, man, fuck off. 
it was very much that same kind of like, man, not a juggalo anymore. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah. like, I freely acknowledge uh, back on this topic. And you, like, you, and, like you, shit on, you shit on them, and they know, like, they can shit on you for being a brony, and you will go, like, Bronies yeah, yeah. Okay? I've always acknowledged that certain sects of bronies are garbage, even when I was a brony. And I was, like, kept being a brony on a DL. I wasn't one of those people who was, like, I'm loud and proud. I'm a brony. Love and acceptance. Since you've got to be okay with me. You mean, like, Digibro? Yeah, I wasn't like Digibro. I was like, Digibro was. I watch this show just like I watch Common Rider and Power Rangers and Transformers. It's whatever. It's another thing I watch. It didn't take over my life. Yeah, no, I'm just more like saying it's like, oh, it's a thing that I can shit on you on, but you know damn well you kind of deserve a little bit of it. Not all of it, a little bit of the shit. It's kind of funny. Even when I was a brony, I was never like, oh, this show is amazing. I was like, this show's pretty decent. I'll keep up with it. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, do we have anything else to say on UHF? Um, it is a perfect counterpoint to Buckaroo Banzai, and they are both perfect. Is that why you put it on the movies. list? I think, like, I just enjoy the movie in itself, but it's like, there is a spiritual connection between those yeah, two movies. like, Buckaroo Banzai is the serious sci-fi action cult movie. UHF is, like, the completely silly, we're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what is funny, a parody 80s film. Yeah. Uh, which is everything. I don't think there yeah, is a joke, a that, joke that lands in that movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. The only joke I think, in hindsight, is a little bit in poor taste, is the Japanese man popping up in the closet that says supplies and yelling, supplies! Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like... I made I made reference to that joke earlier, but it can easily be seen in poor taste today. True. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's all we have to say on the movie. I really enjoyed it, getting to reconnect with it, and I own a copy now, so I'm probably going to watch this movie a lot more now that I just have it around. And, um... Oh, I've I should always watch been, it. I wouldn't say I've always been a big Weird Al fan, but I've always been a Weird Al fan who, like, knows most everything there is to know you're a fan and not just someone who's casually aware of Al. Um, and so, uh... Finally getting to rewatch this movie for the first time since I was pretty young uh, was was a really great experience. So uh, thanks, Chris, for putting it on the list. So a thing you just said, I want to turn that into an album. Really aware yes. of that's our weird. That's a Weird Al cover album. <laughs> that's just a cover album where you just do Weird Al yes. lyrics. Casually aware of Al. Uh. So that's something we'll have to do one day when our all of our master plans come to fruition. Ah, uh, yes, the laser sharks and uh, and the uh, the owning of the United States. Don't forget of America. the room made entirely out of cotton candy. Uh, I still think that'd be structurally unsound. It'd be better if we made it out of uh, caramel. Um, 
But uh, hey, speaking of food, let's go ahead and move on to everybody's favorite <laughs> segment of the show, hosted by Chris. It's fucked up fruit facts. Okay, well, this tangentially related. It's still, uh, still uh, produce. Did you know carrots were originally purple? What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, the carrots we eat today were actually bred by the Dutch to resemble their flag. Interesting. Carrots were purple. I feel like that should be way more common knowledge than it is, because I'd literally never heard of it. Um, uh, and since that's not technically an actual fruit fact, here's another fruit fact. Color orange is named after the fruit, not the other way around. Not sure, but I think that may be a repeat. I think you've said that before. Okay, then. Let's go with... Huh. 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 I don't have them on my phone right this second. I was going off the... <laughs> I was going off the old nog. Going off the nog. Huh. Did absolutely no preparation again. Nope. Oh! Did you know that there's been a banana the, uh, species that went extinct? Yeah, I've... I've actually heard about that. Like, bananas used to taste completely different, but we ate them to extinction. But, like, banana... That's why banana-flavored things taste kind of different from actual bananas. Yep, because they're using old recipes. That's crazy. So here's the other fucked-up thing to think about. Think about, like, the Avengers. Captain America goes under thinking he knows what a banana is. He wakes up. What the fuck is this? This isn't a banana. Oh my god. Could you imagine, like, Iron Man having to explain that to him? And he's a little bit crestfallen because he actually really enjoyed bananas. Where was that scene in Avengers, Joss Whedon? Yeah, Joss Whedon, person who listens to our podcast. We're, we're perfectly aware who our subscriber base is. <laughs> All 12 of you. Yes. <laughs> one of you is Joss Whedon. We haven't figured out which one yet. One of you is. <laughs> and you're not leaving until we have all the money. Pulled out a gun, by the way. Oh no. That's not that wasn't my plan. He's gone rogue. You're you're my hostage as well. Ah oh, fuck. Well uh, hey, well 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 you've got me at gunpoint here. Would you mind answering a question for me? Um, pick a number between, uh... Why should I do that? I'm holding first. the gun. Ew. Well, that, that's how we'll determine what the question Ew. is going to be. Have you ever been to Asia? No. Cool, neither have I. Uh, that, that... Another question, that was too okay. short. Um... I'm enjoying this, I'm pointing the gun harder. What, what is, uh, no, we've done that, uh... If you could learn another language, what would you choose? I think it's pretty obvious that it'd be Japanese. Yeah, I, I, I want to speak Nihongo. Uh, with a close second being, uh, German? You know, Spanish would be pretty useful in my everyday life, so... Yeah, but I would like, like, 
I used to live in Germany when I was but a wee lad. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Cool. So being able to like speak German would be kind of cool. That or French. Okay. Um, well, well, since we're on a roll here, I see another question that'd be really great for you, considering where you live. Do you like the beach? Eh, I could live without it. Same here. Um, I am literally Anakin Skywalker when it comes to the beach. I don't like sand. It's coarse, have, it's rough, and it gets everywhere. I have a feeling I would like the beach more if I was ripped. Possibly. Also, salt water makes me feel sticky. <laughs> I don't like feeling sticky, so I don't go to the beach too often. Why is this funny to me? Hi. Oh, right. Um. So waving the gun. I I can tell, but uh, you know, we're we're almost out of time, and that's that's all the questions we have for the Q and A segment this week, especially because nobody sent them in. Um, those were all from the random question generator. So how about we select the topic for the next episode? All right. Cool. All right. I am selecting the things from the list. I'm in the random name picker. This is a song I'm making up as I go. Let's like the next episode. Rage Against the Machine, self-titled. Ooh, which is one album. of your suggestions. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, they're, I'm pretty sure that's their first album. Yeah. <sighs> why would you, I don't know why you do a self-titled for later in your career. Uh, some do it kind of like as like a statement later on when they finally feel like they solidified their sound. <laughs> Depends. Uh, tu, 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 tu. yep. Uh, nineteen ninety-two, Rage Against the Machine. Awesome. Well, well, uh, that'll be our next episode, and it shouldn't take us too long to listen to because I could literally type it up on YouTube right now and start listening to it. Yep, it's exactly 52 minutes, 52 seconds. Okay, cool. So uh, maybe we'll have an episode, another episode out in a week. Actually, I know we'll definitely have another episode out in a week because, hey, guess what? Heads up, guys. We're going to be doing a point five on the first episode of Common Rider Geo, which will be out uh, sometime towards the end of next week. Are we going to announce who... I, I was going to leave that up to you, but since you've asked, uh, we will be having a special guest <laughs> on that episode uh we're going to be joined by mr jacob brody aka database ranger yeah that's right the guy we've talked about twice on this show he's going to be joining us for a topic that is not entirely related to him but he's done a common writer video before and he's got some familiarity with the franchise so hey we're going to throw him into a discussion about the first episode of the 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 20 the 20th heisei anniversary right 20th Heisei Anniversary Series, yeah. and we're going to see what happens. Oh, we're throwing him in the deep end. But it'll be great, because, like, he's a complete novice. We have a, like, mid-level of knowledge of writer stuff. You're, like, a deep lore guy. I I know, I know several deep lore. Um, I want that on a t-shirt. I know several deep lore. Coming Coming soon from Analytical Fanboy Shirt Store. 
It's not a real thing. Not yet. Yet. So, um, one day. Yeah, that's that's gonna do it. Uh, one day. One day when I'm a fashion yeah. boy. But, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Analytical Fanboys. Thank you all for listening as always. Uh, if you want to hear every episode of Analytical Fanboys as it comes out, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to listen to the show on the go and you don't have a YouTube Premium account, hey, there's a link down in the video description to download MP3s of the show from a Google Drive folder. And, um... Because where to poor to put it on yeah. iTunes. Um, if you want to ask us questions for the Q&A segment or maybe suggest a topic for a future episode, shoot us an email at analyticalfanboys at gmail.com and make sure you put in the subject title that it is a question for the Q&A segment or a topic suggestion and it's okay to read on air. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the show stuff. So, uh, hey... Chris, why don't you tell everybody what you do and where they can find you? I am Boingo Writer on YouTube, and I do video editorials. I am slowly in the process of making more. I'm so excited. I can't. (laughs) Because it's always, I'm in the process of making more. I'm still in the process of making more. Release the two you have done. One and a half. I'm, oh my god. Uh, we're gonna okay, we're gonna have a very serious conversation as soon as we're off air. But, uh hey, if you want to watch my stuff, my name is the Vacuminator. Um I make analytical videos about Tokusatsu with a slight storyline elements involved in them. My most recent video is about the character of Tommy Oliver and the actor who portrayed him, Jason David Frank. If you want to check out that stuff, go ahead and subscribe to me at youtube.com slash the vacuuminator. And hey, if you want to hear uh, stupid bullshit from me on the regular. Go follow me on Twitter. It's at the Vacuuminator. Also, uh, the point five for NXT Takeover should hopefully be out by the end of this oh. week. I'm the guy, motherfucker, yeah, editing it because it was your idea. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode of Analytical Fam Boys. Uh, we hope you will join us. The next episode, when we'll be talking about Rage Against the Machine's self-titled album, and maybe a little bit before that, we'll be talking about Common Rider Geo, episode one. And NXT takeover. I forgot about that for a second. But hey, hey, see you then.